This week on Dig Me Out. Make up your mind. Decide to walk with me around the lake tonight. Around the lake tonight by my side. With your hosts, Jason Ziak and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. Jay, it's poll time. Whoop, Bingo. Whoop, whoop, whoop. This is our August poll. This was suggested eight albums by eight different people sent in their suggestions. They go into the poll. The people at Patreon vote on them. And then a winner is chosen, and we check out that record. We've been doing this for several months now, going back to last year. It's a lot of fun. We get to a lot of suggestions that we've never even heard of. And then there's some that make it into the lists, and you're like, oh, that's definitely going to win. Yeah. And then it doesn't win. And you're like, well, how didn't that? Why didn't that win? That's interesting. Or there's some that make it in, and there are things that we would have recommended at some point. Sure. I'm like, oh, that's cool. So for this uh, poll, these were the these were the options, and this poll I'm, I'm going to say was much more decisive in terms of the votes. In turn, they weren't as spread out as much as some of the previous polls, where you know people only won by or albums only won by one or two votes. Yep. This one, you had uh, coming in last with no votes. I'm I'm disappointed by the way. Also, this didn't get any votes. Mr. Floppy's The Unbearable Lightness of Being a Dickhead. <laughs> why were you disappointed? Just because of that name. Like, oh, gotcha. Like, why didn't somebody vote for that? I would have voted for it just based on the name. Coming in with two votes, four different albums. Clawfinger's Blind, Dumb, Self, No Means Knows, Why Do They Call Me Mr. Happy, Neurotic Outsiders, Self-Titled, and Vic Chestnut's West of Rome. Now, ahead of the poll, before it was anybody voted in it, when it just went up, I I was going to put my money on Vic Chestnut. I thought that was going to be the one that... Really? Why? Because he's a name that people know, but maybe don't always know the music. And I thought that he would have a... Oh, let's that would be a good one for the podcast. Because it's outside of what we normally listen to. It's not alternative rock. So mm. it would be a change of pace pick. I see. That was my that was my thinking. I was completely wrong. Coming in with four votes, Badlands, Voodoo Highway. I know you wanted that one. I do. Coming in at in second place, this is where the, the break happens. At nine votes, Pure's Generation Six Pack. And then the winner with twelve votes, the overwhelming majority of votes. Rubberneck by the Toadies. That was Gary Moran. Is that the person who suggested That's that? That's right. Yeah, because yep. he commented. Uh, I suggested, so of course I voted for the Toadies. Between suggesting the Toadies and the residents, Jay is going to have me banned. <laughs> no, no, no. We're, we, there's no... Well, I guess we do... We're a little judgy in that we give our opinions, but we don't... Uh, 
I mean, the thing's out of bounds here. <laughs> that is that is the premise of the whole entire program is that we yeah. sit here in judgment of right of records. We try to be thoughtful in our judgment, but it's judgment nonetheless. You've obviously heard of the Toadies before, Jay. Yeah, I have. H- had you ever <laughs> listened to the record? No, no. I mean, I no. I would have heard um, uh, the single. I, and I don't even remember if they had another single. Um, none they of the other songs. Three left. other singles on the nothing else from the record really uh, uh, seemed familiar. So uh, definitely remember um, what was the song called? Possum Kingdom. Awesome Kingdom. I definitely remember that. Don't remember any of the others. Although I assume they they were played on radio. Yes. So this album came out in August of 1994. So it's about 25 years old. Um, it was released on Interscope, produced by Rob Schnaff and Tom Rothrock. The band themselves uh, formed in 1989 in um, Fort Worth, Texas. And they had a self-recorded cassette EP uh, called Pleather that they had put out. And then they signed to Interscope. This was their debut record. And it had actually had five singles. Believe it or wow. not. Wow. Holy moly. Okay. So this and Possum Kingdom was not the first single. Mr. Love was the first single off the record. Possum Kingdom was the second single. Away, Tyler, and Backslider were the other three singles. So they pushed this hard. Yeah. On the on the single uh front. The band is uh Vaden Todd Lewis on rhythm guitar and vocals, Darren Herbert on lead guitar, Lisa Umbarger on bass, and Mark Reznicek on drums. So they're four-piece. The lineup, that was the lineup for this album. There's been a number of people through the band over the, well, they're still an active band. So... Uh, after this record, so here's the interesting thing about this record, Jay. So, you know, this did fairly well in terms of the Possum Kingdom becoming a popular radio single. So they recorded a follow-up for Interscope in uh, the late 90s. And Interscope it was called Feeler. And Interscope said, nope. And they rejected it in 1998. So they went back into the studio re-recorded some of the songs, kept working on other new songs. And then in 2001, they released Hell Below, Stars Above um, on Interscope. So it took them, you know, seven years wow. to, get, to get the follow-up out because the band because they were rejected. From there, it took another seven years to release No Deliverance their third album that was released on Kirtland records, which is a indie label out of uh, Dallas, Texas. They're conne- they have connections to two other bands. It's named after uh, John and Jenny Kirtland. Jenny Kirtland was in the polyphonic spree and John Kirtland was in the band deep blue something after. So then they ended up releasing feeler in 2010. So they actually ended up releasing that album and then 2012, they released the album Play Rock Music. In 2015, Heretics. 
and in 2017, The Lower Side of Uptown. So they've actually been more active releasing albums in the 2000s than they were, or in the 2010s than they were right. in the previous two decades. They've had four albums out in the last nine years, and they only had three albums out between 94 and 2008. Right. Well, they don't have the, the label nonsense to deal with. Right. They were right. inactive for a period of time between... I'm going to say 2001 and 2006 in that in that time. Let's go over to the comments on Patreon. Let's just run through those real quick. So I mentioned what Gary said. Uh, some of the other folks who said, uh, who, who picked um, the Toadies, uh, Stephen Musinski said, I voted for Rubberneck. I loved Possum Kingdom. From the first time I heard it on the radio, and I have never tired of it since, I think it's a damn fine song. However, it would take me another 18 years or so before actually giving the full album a spin. But when I did, I was shocked at how much I dug it. The band's trajectory has Dig Me Out written all over it. A debut album with a smash hit single, followed by a long delayed follow-up rife with major label difficulties. And when I say long, I mean nearly seven years. I do feel as though Possum Kingdom sits a cut above the rest of the songs on the album, Almost as if the production budget was poured into that one song to do exactly what it did. Blow the F up. But everything else feels very cohesive and I absolutely love Away, I Come From The Water, and I Burn. And with the exception of maybe the intro song, there is not a dud on this thing. Whitney Bueller responded with this. John Seaman said, I also didn't get into this album until much later, sometime in the early 2000s. I'm glad I did. And then Jeremy Mendes said, also this, except I'm voting for Badlands. <laughs> and he <laughs> said, looks like the Toadies will win, but I'm still voting for Badlands. I'll be happy with a review of the Toadies, Pure or Badlands, so I'm good. Just voting for a loser based on principle. <laughs> I like it. Um, uh, Keith Sawyer went with Vic Chestnut. Whitney Biller said, Toadies based on the strength of Possum Kingdom alone, plus the lead singer sounds like the second coming of Robin Zander. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Dan Goodspeed, Rubber Neck is one of my favorite albums of the 90s, and I haven't listened to it in a while, so it would be great to go back and revisit it. Scott Witt, Badlands, even though Jane are the only ones who want it. That's not true. Jeremy wanted it as well. I do love the Neurotic Outsiders album, Lots of Fun. Eric Peterson actually went through and, and listened to all the records he was not familiar with, like Badlands, Pure, No Means No, Neurotic Outsiders and Mr. Floppy and gave uh, some feedback on each of those. Um, John Siemens and I suggested Neurotic Outsiders before I knew how much Tim hated them. Haha. <laughs> I still think they're great, but I'll go with Rubberneck as I also love that album. Great guitar riffs and solos, loud feedback, good songs, and creepy lyrics. And then, Jay, you commented before the show with a thought, <laughs> which is a violation. Uh-oh, what did I do? You said, I might hate Possum Kingdom more than Tim hates the Neurotic Outsiders. <laughs> Outsiders, prepare for hot takes. And you signed it with your letter J. Did I? I don't remember. Okay. You must have, it must have been late at night. And you were yeah. drifting off. And, yeah. um, and so he responded, that song might be the reason why it took me a while to get into them. I stayed away from some bands in the 90s because of their big singles. But looking back, I feel like those bands may have been misrepresented. For example, I didn't get into Not A Surf because I only knew Popular. I stayed away from Super Drag because I only knew Sucked Out. Now, I love those bands 
because I checked out their full albums. That's a very interesting observation about misrepresentative singles. Um, Mike Bond said I'm going with Pure. And do we call also went with Pure, even though he loves Rubberneck and um, included a story about uh, the band Pure that uh, I'll save for later. Um, or people can check it out by going to Patreon. Yeah, I, I think I, I knew the band, Jay. I think at some point I actually owned the record because I did. I was kind of familiar with the album, listening to it. Really? Okay. Well, I knew I come from the water. Uh, okay. That sound, and it maybe was because it was a single that we played at the radio station. So we probably were, you know, going a couple singles deep with the with the songs on this. Backslider that sounded familiar. Like there were a number of songs that sounded familiar. So since this was your first time going through the record as an as an entire entity, mm-hmm. tell me what you, one thing that you liked about it. Well, I do think. I do like that this sounds like a um, – I can imagine this going over really well and being very impressed with it live. Fairly simple sound, but they still sound you know, big. There's a ton of energy on the record. You know, The production is, is clean, but it's not overproduced. Um, it, it just has a live sound to it as well. You know, guitar tones are um, you know, on the fuzzier side, but still you – know, um, not noisy, I guess. So you can still make things out. So it's, it's crisp, um, but it still has that kind of weight, uh, even though it's fairly straightforward and simple. Um, not a ton of layering going on here. Even the intro song, which I don't think is a great song, it definitely does set to me a tone of uh, kind of a live set feel almost to some of these songs in terms of how they're constructed. And um, even like a lot of them, you know, repeat lyrics a lot or repeat lines a lot or are based on, you know, fairly simple dynamics of, you know, play the, play the chords muted and then play them open or add fuzz and take fuzz away or one guitar sits out and then it comes in and plays over, you know, Mm -hmm. so those kind of very nineties esque dynamics, um, that I could imagine, you know, seeing this band live and, and, and picture what that would be like when I listen to the record. So from that aspect, it definitely creates a feeling, uh, creates a almost a space, even the way it's produced has that kind of not super roomy, but it still sounds like kind of a, a big club sound to me, which I dig. I think the singer is good. I don't know that he's Robin Zander. Um, <laughs> That's a tough uh, comparison. Yeah, I don't know that anybody's Robin Sander. Uh, I, I hear tonal from a tone standpoint. Yeah, he's in that tone. Uh, it's a little bit on the higher register for 90s bands, which is kind of nice. You know, I think he stands out vocally from most other bands in the 90s. Yeah. I don't think he has the range of Robin Zander, um, but, you know, he can do a little bit of a alt punk rocky kind of version of him, which is is cool. So I do like the vocals um, quite a bit. Uh, and there are, there's some cool guitar stuff on here, you know, possum kingdom, which is a song that uh, I didn't think I really ever needed to hear again, but needed to listen to for the show. <laughs> I do like the guitar effect uh, that's on the lead guitar on that song. It's really cool and uh, distinctive um, listening to it now with a, with a much better 
audio setup than I had then. Uh, I appreciate, you know, sort of the that aspect of that song. I didn't realize it was such a cool effect. It just kind of just washed over me <laughs> for most of the time. But um, so there's some cool guitar work on here uh, and tones as well. So, you know, that that's my bullet list um, of a couple things that I think work pretty well for me. How about you? I agree with you on the guitar stuff. I, it's weird listening back to this and I had heard Possum Kingdom like you a billion times and I didn't really ever need to hear it again, but trying to listen to it with fresh ears when they get to, for example, the part, it's about three minutes and they go to the breakdown and he, they're the second guitar, the lead guitar just does that like Eddie Van Halen-esque dive bomb where it like mm-hmm. sounds like it's the beginning of eruption. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I could, there's a little bit of like of guitar flash because there's not a lot of, there's, I don't think there's a, like a legit solo on like, there's, just, there's some leads, but there's not yeah. like shredding in the, in that respect, but clearly they were not just banging out chords and, you know, taking a punk approach. They were like that's as that song demonstrates, you know, there's a little bit of flair to some of the guitar playing on this record. And I just really like the energy of this record. It's at a up to mid tempo uh, feel. There's just a a vibe of urgency to all these songs. Even um, the last song I burn, even though it's, starts with acoustic guitar and is is a bit more dirgy than anything else on the record i just i dig how concise this is it's only 36 minutes drifting upward gently lifting lazy on the Other than the single and one other song, everything is like three minutes or less. It's really trimmed. Like they they cut the fat out of a lot of the stuff here. So I appreciated that because I was listening to this and I would get to I burn. I'm like, wow, that was a quick record. Like not expecting to get through a 1994 album as yeah. quickly as this does. And I, I think the other thing that I was, I thought this was maybe like there's, they had an album before this as a, you know, independent release, or maybe they had, you know, a previous album, but hearing, knowing that this is their debut album and all they had done was a self-released released cassette EP. This sounds very confident that like they, they know what their sound is. There is in the, in the Wikipedia description, I, I don't I can't find where it where it said it, but somebody wrote it as somebody called him like Texas grunge, and I was like, okay, well, what does that mean? And then in listening to his vocal, 
there is a bit of like twang at times to when he's singing like i come from the water and hmm. some of the other stuff and it's not blatant but there i just feel yeah. it in like the yeah there's like a you know i come from the water is built around kind of a blues riff in some ways i come from the water actually mentioned rockabilly a couple times as like this like mm-hmm. subtle undercurrent maybe going on in like Mexican hairless and maybe in a, another song or two. So I think maybe that's where we're kind of both, you know, trying to poke around and we're, there's something there um, that I, that I think I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Cause a lot of this, it sounds very nineties alternative, but when you, there's a couple of tracks where they like, yeah, rockabilly or there's just it. They're just tapping into some more traditional sounds or or just the way that the riff is structured just has a little bit something more of a foundation in blues and other other genres. Yeah, like. Um... Well, I would even say like Backslider has a that verse riff is like a Led Zeppelin riff. I mean, the way it's constructed, the the feel of it, which all that goes back to the blues too. So, um, I could definitely hear, yeah, some some influence there that was the basis of some of the ideas. But then you've got the more '90s, you know, grunge aesthetic over top of it. I guess for right, lack of a better way. To, Describe it. Fire away your hot takes. What did not work for you? <laughs> well, um, I just find Possum Kingdom plotting. Like I find that song for a radio single, it's always surprised me that it was as popular as it was. Or it's one of those where I scratch my head and wonder, like, was this popular just because of the sheer commitment to play it, or do people really love it that much? I just always found it kind of slow and plotting. Um, the uh, a lot of the rest of the record doesn't necessarily suffer from that as much, but to me, something like Mr. Love that just sounds like I don't know, like a live song you'd play that sounds underdeveloped to me. Um, 
backslider sounds a little generic. Um, I really, I like Quitter a lot. That's a song that I think is really cool. That is different. It's got, um, it almost has like a Duran Duran kind of verse to it. Like the, it's kind of almost dancey in the way the drums are done and the way the guitar is played. And, uh, I thought that was a very cool, unexpected twist on the record. Um, I like Tyler because it has more atmosphere to it. There's a bit of tension. I find a lot of the rest of the the record just predictable. Like once you hear the riff, you kind of know where it's going and you're going to hear it over and over and over and over again. And might, um, yeah, I would even say like possum kingdom, even though it's plotting from a songwriting standpoint, it's, it definitely has some sophistication that a lot of the rest of the record doesn't have. Um, and just in terms of how they're doing dynamics is I think more nuanced than that song where something like I come from the water is just soft, loud, right. Predictable. Like there's nothing happening there that, you know, uh, there's no surprises yep. to, to, to cover in that song. So, you know, that, that's just the, it just feels generic to me um, for a lot of the record. And there's a couple of, there's a couple of things that don't, and I think his voice doesn't, but the rest musically and songwriting standpoint just doesn't stand above uh, as being unique or distinctive in any particular way. Yeah. I agree with you on, in terms of the two guitars, the reason why possum kingdom works is because it has that really cool guitar lead part. And most of the other songs, if it does have a lead, it's pretty simple. It's not doing anything that's nearly as interesting. Like I, I like I Come From The Water, but basically the second guitar just duplicates what the first guitar is doing for a lot of that song. Yep. And it doesn't need to be there. I mean, it doesn't, it's not doing anything that's interesting. Yep. It's providing a, a counter melody to the, to the vocal. I think part of the reason why Possum Kingdom is also, it's got weird lyrics. Like yeah. it's got like lyrics that remind you of uh, that are dark and mysterious, and that's probably why it did well. Just as much as it's a well constructed, loud, quiet, yeah, dynamic. I think in terms of when they get a more up tempo, they lose some of that dynamic range in terms of changing up the songs and coming up with interesting second guitar parts and there's, uh, you know, the rhythm section's fine, but it's not exactly challenging in any way that, that makes you go, Oh, this there, this is an amazing band. It's, it sounds like a really solid first record with a lot of really well-written songs, but I agree with, I kind of agree with Steven. Like, it sounds like, they got the record. They identified Possum Kingdom. We're like, all right, we're gonna really hammer this one song, and work out all of the dynamic stuff, and make sure the second guitar sounds really cool, and like really focus all the attention on, the, on that particular song because of the lyrical content. And the rest of the record suffers a little bit from that. It just sounds, it sounds nice, and it's, yeah. it's. Because it's only thirty, you know, seven minutes, it makes it easy to digest. 
goes by pretty quickly. Well, like um, a song like Velvet, for example, I can imagine. Imagine you go to a show, right? And this band opens and they you hear that song live. I, I would probably really enjoy it live and think, oh, that band was really good. But when you sit down and analyze it on a record, I'm not sure it works as much as well. There's not a visual. You're not in the moment. You're not sonically. It's just going to sound different. It, it comes off on the record sounding a little underdeveloped. It's just, um, just bashing. Yeah. So to me, there's a lot of that on the record. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, this the songs that we'll get into it later, but the songs that work best are the ones that find a groove or a you know yeah have something more than just pure energy because those are the songs that to me don't they just go by and they don't have any they don't last they don't stick in my head the way that uh some of the other songs with regards to hooks do so i mentioned that there were five singles for this record but I only know, I only knew, I guess, two of them, probably because of the college radio. I don't know, I don't really recall mainstream stations, or I can't, I'm trying to think back to what I've been listening to back then. I mean, it would have been Toledo and Cleveland and stuff that were would have been playing Possum Kingdom. And I can't recall them playing anything else off this record. So this isn't really a case where, you know, they got a big single, but I don't think that there's a clear, I come from the waters, maybe the closest in terms of like having a hook. Yeah. But after that, I don't, I don't really see like a blatant radio single. Yeah. I don't even know what the hook of Possum Kingdom is. <laughs> like it's the guitar. Yeah. No, I, 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 that's what is missing from the rest of the songs. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. That's it. So here's the question, Jay. Yeah. Is this a worthy album, a better EP, or is it just the decent single Possum Kingdom? Uh, It's a decent single for me, but it's not Possum Kingdom. (laughs) Um, I would pick. Quitter and Tyler. I think those two songs uh, work better for me. I think Possum Kingdom. I, I could throw that on there. Well, uh, then it's, it's hard not for a me single. To, I know it's hard for me to judge. I guess I was, I could swap that for Tyler. Um, it's hard for me to judge because I've been beaten over the head with that song for so long. Right. Um, there's definitely more attention paid there. I'm more judging. I'm trying to, as hard as I can to kind of judge this as if I'm listening to the songs for the first time. And I think I would like Tyler better. So, yeah, I, I think Quitter is, is really cool in that, you know, it's got extreme dynamics. Um, it almost starts off sounding a little post-hardcore when it starts, and then it gets into a much more dancey feel. And um, I just like the the contrast in that song. Um it doesn't have a great hook either. So I don't know that it's a single, but I wouldn't mind hearing an album of songs like that one. Uh, I think that would be much more work better for me at least. So uh, that's my, that's my A side and 
my B side is either Tyler or Possum Kingdom. Interesting. I'm at an EP. I go backslider, Possum Kingdom, Quitter, I Come From the Water, and Tyler. So I'd be at five songs out of the 11, which is, I think that's solid. Yep. So slight disagreement there. It's not a, it's not a full on argument. This isn't, uh, I'm trying to remember. When did we have one where one of us was at a single and one was at an album? Has that ever happened? Oh, I'm sure it has. We should be keeping track. I should, I should have a scorecard. I know. We should really have that on the website. It's pretty one of the ways that you can sort the albums. <laughs> but we've never, we've never kept track of it. That would take a long time. Anybody up for it? <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll give you something. Yes. Give us a list yeah. of where, our, how we ranked every record so that we can then add that to our website as a searchable point data point. Yes. I would love to be able to do that. Um, I, I, I do feel like both of us though are off from the, the majority of the comments. No, on the poll seem to be of those, uh, the majority who commented seem to be in a, in an album space for this. Yeah. We're going to let some people down, but that's, that could be the, basically the, the tagline of our show. If you love it, we probably don't. Take me out podcast. We're going to probably let some people down. Uh, All we can do is be honest. Right. That's all we can do. Hey, we've listened to a lot of records now. We've got um, opinions. I'm not afraid to share them. So if you would like to contribute to the comments as well as support the podcast, go to DMO Union dot com or digmeoutunion.com to join the union for as little as two bucks a month and you get cool stuff like stickers and swag and there's various levels and do all sorts of fun things like vote in polls and suggest stuff for polls and polls it's what we should sell a t-shirt that just says polls <laughs> i was thinking of making one that said uh Decent album, better EP, or, or de- um, worthy album, worthy album, better. decent EP. What is it? Worthy, worthy album, album better, better EP, EP, decent single. <laughs> Come on, man. With check boxes next to, or you know, boxes. One of those checked. It should say, "I'm a right worthy album, better EP, decent single." And then you could buy whatever variation you want mm-hmm. with the check boxes. There you go. And Jay, if people like what they uh, what they're listening to, they can go to iTunes, right? And they can leave us some positive feedback. Get us up. Get us up into the. They can ratings. Our most recent feedback, I think, was uh, maybe somebody who didn't like the review we gave. Oh, it was. So, yeah. Oh, I haven't read that we yet. Used of not even listening to the record, so I can only interpret that as meaning you didn't like my record or you didn't like a record I like. So that means you couldn't have possibly listened to it because if you did, then you would have had to like it. Look folks, even the records we don't like in any way, we listen to it like a dozen times. It's not fun when you don't like a record <laughs> and you just keep listening to it over and over again, trying to figure out why you don't like it. Yep. Six listens in. You're like, yeah, I, I really not liking this. Now I have to articulate why I don't like it. 
and it's going to take me probably another six lessons to get or lessons to get there. Well, now I got to find that feedback because I am. Whew. That seems to be the theme. Either people are just straight up like, hey, you know, you got this record wrong. Here are all the things you're wrong about. Or the little bit of negative feedback we've gotten, I think, is generally like <laughs> you didn't. Li- you obviously didn't listen to it. Oh, I see. Yes. Oh, man, this is recent. Well, sir. Hey, we knew that Slint review was going to be controversial. Anything short of it's the mo- it's the greatest album ever released was going to ruffle some feather, amongst others. Oh, I take the negative one so so personally. Can't read your clippings, man. Well, you know what? I I, I read a quote. It said, "You shouldn't read your clippings. You should weigh them." What's that mean? That means you want a lot of people talking about you. You should uh, you shouldn't care what they're saying. Right, right, got it. So go help us make some more clippings because right now when somebody <laughs> goes and looks for the podcast, that's the bullshit they're going to read. Yes, it's very hurtful. I'm going to have to go lie down now. <laughs> so uh, thanks, Gary Moran, for suggesting this. We appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you, Gary. Anybody who listens, whether you are part of our Patreon community or not, you can go to our website, digmeoutpodcast.com and you can suggest albums for our poll that our patrons will uh, will be uh, selected for our patrons polls on Patreon. That's what I want. Yeah, to we're say. getting a little light. We need some uh I haven't promoted it in a while, so get over there and uh get some recommendations in. Yes. Q's, the cues getting light. All right. For Jay, I am Tim and we are out. We'll be back next week with another episode dig me out thanks for listening to support the podcast visit www.patreon.com forward slash dig me out and become a monthly subscriber at www.digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our facebook twitter and instagram pages as well as our merchandise store at zazzle.com <laughs>